you love the Dastardly Decimal System and want more? Our Patreon is the best way to get that. Members will get access to show notes, official artwork, our new bonus episode series called Cleaning Up After Tea Time, and of course, plenty of cat pics of Vega voice actors, Vash and Zid. This can all be found at patreon.com slash dastardlydecimalsystem. It is still magic, even if you know how it's done. Sir Terry Pratchett Welcome, humble adventurers, to my realm of knowledge and mystery. Here, in my cursed library, are endless tomes and scrolls on the darkest and evilest foes in all of the realms, be they from Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, the many worlds of darkness, or any realm in between. Welcome to the Dastardly Decimal System. I'm your caretaker of the corrupt, the librarian, Castor Kane. Before I became a librarian, I was studying to be a wizard. As career changes go, it wasn't that big of a jump. In fact, it was the long, endless hours that I spent studying that made me fall in love with libraries. All wizards know the joys and tribulations of studying. I personally spent my arcane career studying conjuration spells, magic theory, and arcane history. I chose to focus on the arcane methods of transportation. What can I say? I, li I like to travel. Other wizards did not. Some wanted to learn the biggest and most powerfulest of spells. Others wanted to be known simply as the strongest. For today's topic, I've decided to brew a pot of peppermint tea. It is a drink known to help with memory and concentration. It was something that I drank a lot of during my studying days and, well, to be honest, I still drink a lot of. So grab a cup, take a seat, and- Oh! Vega! No, no, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. He, he gets really affectionate when we talk about evil wizards and summoners, for some reason. If you're okay with him in your lap, and the cat is comfortable, ugh, then let us talk about a mage so desperate for power that he allowed darkness to consume him. Today, we talk about Malador, the mystic. For today's conversation, we return to a frightening realm of violence and misery. It's a world that holds more terrors and horrors than any of the other realms combined. We return to a realm that I avoid visiting at all cost. We return to the realm known as Earth. There are many versions of this realm, some with magic and some without. Some have technology so advanced that it just becomes hard to fathom. Some even have superpowers and caped defenders of justice. That is the case here as we look at a version of Earth with mutants and masterminds and as we travel to a metropolis known as Freedom City. <laughs> capes. I never got capes. I'm much more of a flowing arcane rope type of guy. The booming metropolis known as Freedom City lies on the crossing of several powerful fey lines. It is a bubbling point for arcane energy and a way station for both magical and superhuman activity. 
it also acts as the home of Malador the Mystic. Malador is an undead creature, awoken after millennia of slumber. His body is wrapped like a mummy and hidden under a black flowing robe that seems to endlessly echo out, like shadows consuming the world around it. His face is covered by a gold, skull-shaped mask with a red jewel sitting at the center, and his eyes, which glow from within, shimmer with a deep water blue and glisten with eerie, necromatic magic. All of this creates a frightening visage, one that instantly strikes terror in the citizens of Freedom City and brings fear into the hearts of its heroes and its protectors. Malador is a powerful mage, albeit not as strong as he once was. Desperate to regain the power he once had, he has become a single-minded force, willing to eliminate anything that gets in between him and ultimate power. So sure is he of his arcane power and skill that he can't help but gloat upon any level of achieved success. He is confident in his own powers and he swiftly punishes any who question him. Minions who misspeak often find themselves painfully transformed into gibbering aberrations or simply just destroyed. As a master sorcerer, he has a wide variety of spells at his disposal, like arcane shields, mystic blasts, flight, magical chains, and the ability to summon demons, beasts, and aberrations to fight by his side. Combined with his collection of arcane artifacts, he has proven himself a dangerous threat in not only the arcane world, but the superhero one as well. As an undead creature, Malador no longer needs to eat, sleep, or breathe. He even finds himself blessed, or cursed to some, with an eternal life. On the rare cases that his body is destroyed, his life force retreats into his golden skull mask. There, it awaits until a suitable host body comes into contact with it. Then, he takes control of the body, destroys the host's mind, and uses his magic to transform it into a duplicate of his own. More than once, heroes have believed the threat of Malador the Mystic to have ended, only to have him return as powerful as ever with an even bigger chip on his shoulder. The story of Malador the Mystic doesn't start in Freedom City. It starts a millennia earlier in Atlantis. This continent, in the midst of the Atlantic Ocean, was the home to a race of genetically enhanced humans. Legends speak of how the Atlanteans were modified by an alien race known as the Preservers. With the leftover pieces of alien technology, the Atlanteans built a powerful and mystical society. The smartest and hardest working citizens lined up to enroll in the Atlantean schools, desperate to become scientists or magicians. Their goal as a society was to combine both magic and tech to unify the known world. Chief among the arcane wielders was a student named Malador. As an eager disciple, Malador spent endless hours studying. Every librarian knew his name and every professor spoke of him as the golden boy. 
He was the most gifted student, and he was by far the hardest working one as well. The other students, however, spoke his name only in hushed whispers. They were the ones that knew the truth. Malador hated to lose. Every student wanted to do their best and come out on top, but nobody wanted to go head to head with Malador. The few that were able to best Malador didn't brag or celebrate. In fact, they rarely spoke of the encounter. What little they did say spoke of a dark side that existed within Malador. After years of study, Malador graduated from his school and was eventually granted the highest title known to the mystic world. He became the Master Mage. The Great Wizard, the Archmagister, the Blackstaff, and even the Sorcerer Supreme. The title went by different names in different realms, but the idea of the Master Mage was always the same. These are the casters most in tune with the mystical forces of their world. Connecting with the primal arcane forces, the Master Mage would act as the steward and guardian of the realm, safeguarding it from all threats. It was a tremendous amount of responsibility bestowed upon a person, but it also came with an immense boost of magical power. Malador was a highly capable Master Mage, dutifully doing his job until the day came that he stopped. Along with all of his other accomplishments, Malador did something that no other Master Mage had ever done before. He betrayed the post and became a Dark Lord. There is little scripture about Malador's fall, most of it lost in Atlantis's sinking, but what is known paints a dark and almost somewhat tragic picture. Malador was tasked to defend the world, but like most, he always had a focus for his home. So when Atlantis went to war with the serpent folk known as the Lemurians, he fought alongside his people. Nobody comes out of a war the same they went in, it takes a toll on a person and chips away at their soul. War was like sailing a vast ocean. You try to make it from one end to the other in one piece, but every battle fought was like a violent wave, slamming against the hull and shoving you off course. Enough of those waves and any soldier could lose their way, forever lost in a dark, endless abyss. Malador was a man with tremendous stress before the war and it only grew as the fighting continued. Nobody knows what it was that pushed Malador over the edge, but I imagined that it was a powerful strike from the Serpentine Lemurians, one that acted as a devastating loss to Atlantis and probably killed millions of its citizens. Malador was now a man torn asunder, filled with guilt, remorse, and doubt. It was his job to protect the world, but he couldn't even protect his own home. Malador came to the same conclusion that all fractured mages did. He came to the same realization. There was only one way to protect those he cared about. He had to get stronger. But Malador had already exhausted all of his school's resources for arcane growth. 
but it was still not enough. He needed more. Left with no other choice, Malador reached out to the Elder Evils. He bargained with unspeakable evil beings from the other dimensions, those bound in slumber in the realms beyond, or locked out from our realm entirely. The first Elder gave him access to new schools of magic, dark, forbidden schools that granted him the power needed to properly strike back against Lemuria. It is an infallible law of magic. Elder evils are not to be trusted. Even if the deal seems minor, their corrupting touch never was. The sensations that Malador felt when he received that boost in power was unlike anything he had ever felt before. When he used the new magics to strike back against the serpent folk, the feeling that flowed through his body was euphoric. But when the boost proved only to be temporary, Malador felt empty. Everything paled in comparison, and the world suddenly felt bland. Suddenly, he could not feel anything. He was desperate to feel that euphoric sensation once again. He was desperate to feel anything once again. Malador made a second deal, then another, and then one after that. Suddenly, it was no longer about achieving victory. The war had long since been forgotten in his mind. Now he sought power and knowledge above all else. He sought that euphoric feeling, and he would have gladly sundered the whole world to his dark patrons just to get another fix. When his deals were discovered, the sorcerers of Atlantis knew that they had to stop Malador. The strongest mages, many of which were his teachers and fellow students, united to stop him. They channeled their magic together and began the powerful ritual. They stripped Malador of his power and imprisoned him in a tomb, his own stolen arcana being used to lock him inside for all time. With his final breath, Malador cursed Atlantis. Not long thereafter, Atlantis sunk and their advanced civilization was lost forever. There were those that believed that Malador would eventually escape, fearing that the tomb would not be sufficient. Malador's successor, Naren the Wise, decided to take action. They casted a spell upon themselves that would allow their soul to be continuously reincarnated through the ages. So if Malador were ever to be freed, then the mage that led his defeat would be able to stop him once more. Speed forward through the ages to the year of 1930. An archaeologist and adventurer by the name of Adrian Eldrick uncovered a lost tomb and unwittingly awoken Malador. Free once more, Malador discovered that two crucial things about him had changed. One, most of his magic had been stripped from him. And two, 
he was no longer a living being. He'd become an undead creature infused with magic. He'd become a lich. Malador was desperate to regain the full power he once had, to regain the title he once held, and to reshape the world so he could witness that euphoric sensation once more. His campaign of assault against the mystic world began. For almost 90 years, he would steal magic artifacts and murder young mystics, draining each of them for their power. He performed great rituals and sacrifices to the elder evils, once again looking to them to refuel his power. The name Malador the Mystic became a moniker of terror in both the arcane and superhero worlds. Many heroes have stepped up to stop him, both Mystic and Cape, but none have ever stopped him for long. But of all the do-gooders to face him, none have been a greater foil than Adrian Eldrick. When the adventurer unlocked the tomb and accidentally freed Malador, he also unlocked the power hidden deep within him. Magic began to swirl around him as three Atlantean mages appeared. They told Adrian of his heritage and that he was the reincarnation of the master mage known as Naran the Wise. From that day, the magic knowledge and power hidden deep within his soul was unlocked. For decades, Adrian Eldritch trained under the then master mage known as Broken Crow, until his skills rose to a point where he could eventually take over the title himself. Now, operating under the totally original superhero name of Eldritch, he and Malador continuously battled, neither able to permanently stop the other. Malador's lasting legacy on the mystic world is a dark one. In the past centuries, cults have risen up in his name, and minions, desperate to latch onto the biggest and most powerful bad, flocked to him. Forbidden spells had been crafted in his name and likeness. Necromatic blasts, mist of miasma, and reanimation spells all bore his moniker, but the darkest legacy is his name alone. In the millennia since the betrayal of his oath, the name Malador has gained power. Even while the mage was entombed, it had become a word of power, invoked by mages and necromancers seeking domain over life and death. It had even become an emblem that a warlock could burn onto their skin to fuel their magic from Malador's power, ironically using Malador as he had used the Elder Evils many millennia ago. As a wizard myself, I understand the allure of unknown and hidden magics. I've continuously searched for spells that allow me to travel to or scry upon new worlds. But there is a limit for each and every mage, where desire and passion cross over into obsession, and nothing good ever comes from obsession. If there was a humane side in all of Malador's deeds, and I'm not quite sure if there could be, it would have to be the tragedy of his obsession and his addiction. 
Both were elements that drove him into madness and allowed him to be completely overtaken by the darkness. Perhaps the true legacy of Malador is a tale of warning, a lesson to be learned from his errors that each of us can move on without following in the same dark path that he did. It seems our tea has run out, which means so too has our time. Thank you, adventurer, for joining me in my library. Come again for more stories and lore about the darkest villains from the darkest realms. This has been the Dastardly Decimal System, and once again, I'm your librarian, Castor Kane. Okay, Vega, you have to get down on his lap. No, Vega, Vega, come on, get, get down, the adventurer has to, Vega, get, don't you dare hiss at me. Vega, you get down right now. Vega, do not make me get the spray, but I will get the spray. Get down. Oh, Vega, no. Oh, did you just swipe at me? Oh, I'm getting the spray bottle. Where did I put that spray bottle? The Dastardly Decimal System can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now YouTube at DD System Podcast. That's Delta Delta System Podcast. We are now also on TikTok. Drop us a message and say hi. Vega always loves the attention. This podcast was produced by Midnight Reading Audio, a division of Midnight Reading Publishing. The voice of Castor Kane is Larry Gent. Hi. The voice of Vega the Cat was provided by my cats, Zid and Vash. Music was The Spell and Almost Human, I Will Never Love Again by Oblix from pixabay.com, licensed under the Creative Commons. Thank you for stopping by and have a wonderful, wonderful evening.